Oh, what a beautiful song. That's one of my favorites, Enrico and the Sanctuary Choir. What a beautiful, beautiful song to bring to us. And what a question to pose to us this day that we're going to consider Mary's journey to Bethlehem. Mary, did you know? This is the fourth Sunday of Advent. The season of waiting is almost over, and the season of waiting for this baby, Jesus, to be born. And we really don't know too much what Mary might have understood or known about conceiving this God child. But one thing for certain, we know. We know how the story ends. There's a baby. There's a baby Jesus that will be born. And we can peer on Christmas morning over her shoulder and see that she is holding the great I Am. We know. We know that... Christmas morning is about this scandalous love affair that God has with us. We know that Jesus' coming is God's way of, not, of meeting us exactly where we are, that God will do anything to meet us and be with us, coming in the form of a precious baby, dependent on Mary for love and nurture and support, And we know that Mary, by saying yes to this journey, this scandalous love affair with God, that she participates in saving herself and the world. We know. But I'm getting way ahead of myself. (laughs) For we are to look at Mary's journey to Bethlehem. And our scriptures today take us to the very beginning of this journey where an angel comes, Gabriel, and appears to Mary. And we hear that at the time this angel comes, that Mary is engaged to be married to Joseph. Now, as a Jewish girl, her custom would have been that that the bride price at this point would have been paid to her family. She would be uh, resting with them for a year and making preparations for her grand wedding day to Joseph. Joseph most likely also making plans, probably being ready to move out of his family's house and building a home for them. And So they're making their plans and Mary, I'm sure, is dreaming of that predictable life that she had hoped for. And then this angel comes. Hail, favored one! Now, that had to be a pretty disturbing (laughs) entrance, if I should say so myself. As a Jewish woman, she would have been told lots of bedtime stories. She would have known that such a greeting by an angel was only given to warriors like Gideon, prophets like Moses and Jeremiah right before their call. The scriptures tell us that she was greatly troubled by this greeting and pondered the meaning of it all. Could it be that she was being called to a prophetic task or something amazing? So here she is. But the angel says... Do not fear, for nothing will be impossible with God. Okay, that would have taken me over the line. (laughs) Because again, those stories of the Old Testament, when Jesus or God or the angel or anybody tells you not to be afraid, (laughs) that's exactly when all hell is about to break loose in your life, right? (laughs) Oh, so... There we find Mary on her journey to Bethlehem. Her task indeed will bring havoc to her life. We hear that her mission 
is to conceive a child, a God child, child of love for the world that will save the world. We hear that she accepts this mission. And so she joins those other journeys that we have been examining, those journeys to Bethlehem, where she begins to prepare for the way for the Lord. Now for her, that means literally preparing to give birth. Now, I have a little bit in common now with Mary. <laughs> As many of you know, Leslie and I are awaiting the birth of our twins. And I believe uh, Leslie has much more in common with Mary than I, but I'm sure she would testify. And she is anxiously awaiting for the birth of our babies. So we have a little bit in common with these Chris, the parents of this Christmas story, Mary and Joseph. We know the gender of our babies. We know a name by which they are to be called. So we have a little bit in common of this unforeseen thing that's coming. Uh, but that's about all we have. We simply cannot know what this baby is going to do in our lives, sir. We cannot know what this baby and babies will look like. But we can begin to prepare. We don't have much control of anything, but we can control today, and we will prepare. So we clear out a place in our lives for our babies. We make room on our calendar. We quit making definite plans in the near future. <laughs> oh, the Christmas parties we are missing. And we prepare a nursery, a place in our home, a place that will be safe and secure for the arrival of the unforeseen. I plan on also having something very in common with Joseph. On the day of delivery, I'm sure I'm going to steal a line that he had to have used during the birth of that messy birth of that baby. I'm going to say, I'm innocent. I had nothing to do with this. <laughs> So yes, we have a little bit in common with Mary and Joseph. <laughs> My mother, <laughs> you think that'll work? My mother has wanted uh, me to have babies in my life forever. I am the youngest of four children, and she has always told us, that, you know, to go and have a family. It's been her dream for all of us. I'm the last to get there, more or less. But I've always thought that this dream of hers was um, so that you know we would get paid back all the stuff we put her through. But when my brother called me on Thanksgiving Day, he was um, congratulating Leslie and I on the arrival of our babies and the starting of our family. And he said, well, have you gotten mother's speech yet? And I was like, what speech is that? And he said, you know, the speech that now that you're having the babies speech. And I was like, no. And he goes, oh, well, here's her words of wisdom. Let me share. She says, now, now you will know what it means for your heart to be broken. Oh. Oh. This, this is what my mother has wanted for me all my life? <laughs> this is her words of wisdom to me? My heart is about to be broken? As I stroke Leslie's belly and feel the moving of those babies to the sound of my voice, I ponder the meaning of these words. I join Mary in wondering about it all. And it occurred to me, my mother's right. Having love in your life 
giving birth to the love that's within you, it means that your heart will open so wide that it breaks wide open. It means that you will be vulnerable, that you will also be dependent on another, that you will step out into a journey of the unforeseen and take risk, relying on others as others rely on you. It means you'll be vulnerable, that you'll expose yourself, that you'll open up those closed places that you have protected all your life so that your heart would not be broken. This is the journey to Bethlehem. This was Mary's journey, and this is our journey, to give birth to this love child. And so we go back and we consider this, this journey, this God with us child that we're to say yes to. And we realize that that means that we have to give up some old ways, some old loves, to make room for this love. And we have to clear off our calendar and make room in our heart and then rest in the mystery of the unforeseen, listening to the voice of God in that angel say, Nothing will be impossible. You know, when you have a child, I've realized that you give up something. Well, I've realized you give up a whole heck of a lot. <laughs> but one thing for sure is you do give up this independence. You give up what I have now learned is a false illusion. Independence is that belief. It's something that we are trained to do from the get-go. Be on your own. Be self-sufficient. Never ask anyone else for help. You can take care of yourself. It's a wonderful idea, but this false illusion keeps us from opening our heart. It keeps us from letting anything into those closed places. It protects. It is the, the high wall and the thick shield that we put around our heart so that it won't break. Oh. I think I'd like to ponder the Christmas story again. This journey to Bethlehem. I think I'd rather be the Magi, really, okay? I want to be the Magi. They get to come in their fine clothes, and they get to deliver their gifts to God, and they get to get on out of there. <laughs> I'm thinking that's what I want. That's my journey to Bethlehem. I want to hit and run. <laughs> I want to keep my nice clothes. I don't want this messy life. Does it have to be this messy, God? I've seen what you do when you meddle in people's lives, God. You ask for a whole lot. You ask for it all. I got a better idea. How about babysitting? I could do that. Okay, so if I can't hit and run, how about babysitting? I will babysit you, God. I will babysit this love child. I will nurture. I'll even I'll roll up the sleeves. I can do a few diapers. <laughs> Times two. <laughs> yes, babysitting. That sounds like a deal. I'll babysit God. Mothers, I have a way of getting to the heart of the matter. You know, I think it's because we convince ourselves that we just can't do it. We wouldn't make good parents. Our lifestyle isn't fit for the child of love. There's this movie that I've recently seen where I love this mother's wisdom to her daughter. It's a, a movie called Something's Gotta Give. Diane Keaton plays the role of Erica Berry. Erica is an elitist, upcrust, intellectual, unlucky in love woman 
who has just happened to fall for her daughter's weekend boy toy. Who is this aging, philandering playboy, very appropriately played by Jack Nicholson? <laughs> Erica is faced with a moment in life where she must decide whether to say yes to this unforeseen future and most assuredly will lead to chaos and heartbreak or stay in her safe cocoon existence of independence. She goes for it. She jumps in head first to what life holds. She releases all her in inhibitions and in doing so has the time of her life. And yes, she gets her heart broken. But listen to her words of wisdom to her daughter in the midst of her pain. Hey mom, we're going into town. Okay. Are you crying? my new thing. I've gotten abnormally brilliant at it. Why? What is it? I'm in love. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Seems like I gotta learn how to do that. <laughs> love him and leave him stuff, you know? Oh, Mom, I hate this. Oh. Now do you get my theory about all this? You gotta self-protect. Uh, you don't really buy this stuff you say, do you? You don't actually think that you can outsmart getting hurt. I think it's worth trying. Listen to me. You can't hide from love for the rest of your life because maybe it won't work out. Maybe you'll become unglued. It's just not a way to live. Are you telling me this is good, what's happened to you? I think you should consider the possibility that you and I are more alike than you realize. I let someone in, and I had the time of my life. I've never had the time of my life. I know, babe. Yeah. And I say this from the deepest part of my heart. What are you waiting for? As long as our hearts are so full of this false illusion that we're okay on our own, that our independence will sustain us, we have lost the ability to receive this yet unknown thing God holds for us. We're full and our heart is closed and we're protect protecting our heart so it will not be broken. And you know what? We're right. It will not be broken. But those dry, arid places in the parts of our heart that we protect will keep us from feeling just about anything. God wants you to say yes. It's messy, dirty. <laughs> you may never sleep again. But God wants you to dive in head first and say yes to this love story, to participate in this scandalous love affair that God holds for each one of us. Come and receive it. Become a part of it. This season of Advent, you are being asked to participate in the greatest love affair of all, to say yes to God, to open your heart, yes, so wide it breaks open. We go back to the scriptures, we see that 
when Mary just knew a little bit, she says, My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for God has looked with favor on the lowliness of this servant. I hope that all of us will join her in saying, Here we are, Lord, your servant. Let it be in me, within me, according to your word. Amen.